Hi, Tom here. This is just a quick reminder that this is a replay episode. I'm currently on vacation after 50 consecutive episodes, and I will be back to you with a brand new episode on Monday, September 4th. In the meantime, enjoy. And their weight. On average, they started with a weight of 209 pounds. At the end, they were 188. Now, that's on average. They show here that large numbers of people lost up to 20% of their body, or in this case, almost 40 pounds of weight across this study. Hi, and welcome to the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. I'm Tom, and I'll be your host as I share what I'm doing in my daily life to solve my type 2 diabetes. Listen in as I share the food, movement, and tools that I'm using each day. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. For a full transcript or to follow the Solving Type 2 Diabetes podcast on social media, please head over to SolvingType2Diabetes.com for all those links and more. Now, on to the show. I hope you're having a great week. I know for me, this has been a very full week. And here it is, Christmas Eve, and I am recording this episode. And I hope you're having a great holiday season wherever you are. And whichever holidays you celebrate, I hope you're able to enjoy them. This is the first Christmas Eve that we are alone. My wife and I are here alone. We often have our kids with us. We are going to be seeing them all here in the near future, so that's good. But today, it's just the two of us, and it's different, something I'll probably have to get used to more often in the future, but here we are, Christmas Eve. So this week, I had three days of Ubering, and if you've listened to the last couple of episodes, you'll know that I've been speaking about making sure I get in my movement before I Uber, and each of the days this week, I have been able to get in my movement and get that done, close those rings before I go out and start Ubering. And I I enjoy Ubering. It's weird. I certainly don't make a whole lot of money out of it. But, you know, it's it's something to do. It passes the time, which is good for me in my retirement. We've been home this week getting ready for Christmas. And then, like I say, we have some travel. It'll be at least five or six weeks until we get to see all of our family. But This upcoming week, we are spending some time with about half our family in Hilton Head. So we're going to set off for Hilton Head Monday morning, the day after Christmas, and that'll be fun. On Christmas Day itself, we're going to be at my mother's house for lunch and then my mother-in-law's house for dinner, and we'll see a lot of family. So that'll be great. So for my numbers this week, I have been able to close my rings seven out of the past seven days, which I do enjoy. I like that feeling of success. I don't stress about it if I don't get it. Now, if I don't get at least five, then either I was sick or I was slacking off, one of the two. But to me, five, six, or seven is great for closing my rings each week. And this week, it happened to be seven. With regards to my workouts, last week, if you remember, I said I wanted to add in some yoga. Because I have been relying on just walking a whole lot these past couple of months, and I wanted to get more variety in there. So I did add some yoga and also some other workouts. Now, I like doing the Apple Fitness Plus workouts. I have a small 
home gym and just a few pieces of equipment and whatnot. And I am able to utilize that Apple Fitness Plus. And for me, that's a good motivation. It's interactive in that on the TV while I'm watching the instructor and following along with the movements, I do get to see the status of my Apple rings. It shows me how many calories I'm burning, how much time is left, all those things. So I hear some people describe a Peloton application as something like that, and they use their Peloton equipment and they get these workouts either live or recorded. They're sort of interactive. And so this Apple Fitness Plus, I think, is very similar. So that's been great. With regards to my seven-day average glucose readings, it's hard to believe, but actually my seven-day average for this week has been 97. 97. Now that's an A1C of about 4.9 if it were to stretch out over three months. And a 4.9 is in the optimal range. And that's about, I don't, I think that's about as low as it's gotten in my memory anyway. Now, I am eating very low carbohydrates. We'll see that here in a second. And I am currently on three medications for blood sugar. But that whole combination, not eating junk and also the medications and movement, has given me a blood sugar reading average this week of 97. Last week, it was about 106. The week before that, it was probably about 115, 116. So we'll have to see where this goes. Um, Strangely, either I need to add in more carbohydrate or reduce or stop some of the medications. I'm not sure, but right now my blood sugar is optimal. So that's great. With regards to my body fat percentage, it was down this week, currently at 25.6. I took notice that when I started this podcast just about three months ago, it was 28.7. So that equates to losing about six pounds of fat in the last three months. Now, many people lose fat much more rapidly than that. But for me, this good, consistent six pounds in three months, another year of that, and I could very easily be close to my goal body fat percentage. I've been saying that 17, 18%, I think would be good for me. And right now I'm down to 25.6. I don't know, another 8%. It's not too bad. So body fat percentage looking good this week as well. For my macros, what I've been eating, I've averaged 50 grams of carbohydrates a day. Now, a lot of people say, wow, Tom, that's very low. Yeah, but look at the blood sugar. By doing that, my blood sugar is in the optimal range for anyone. Nowhere near prediabetes, nowhere near certainly of type 2 diabetes. So that's what I've been doing, averaging 50 grams of carbohydrates. My protein intake's been good, 115 grams average of protein each day. So I think my eating has been spot on. All right, let's get a Manjaro update. I've said that from now on, at least when I'm taking this medication, I'm going to give a Manjaro update each week. It seems to be a very popular topic out there. In fact, it's our topic of the day, so we'll get into details on that later on. But I did take my second injection. Now, as a reminder, I'm on the initial starter dose of 2.5 milligrams per week. So it's one injection per week. Yesterday, I took my second injection. And, you know, it's a very, very small dose. But no bad side effects, which is great. On the other hand, I'm also not sure of the benefits. I am eating well right now. I'm moving. So what do I credit for my blood sugar and body fat loss to Manjaro? And what do I credit to the other things, the eating well and the moving? I'm not sure how to figure that out. But so far, so good with this Manjaro. 
took the second injection, no bad side effects. We'll proceed and let you know how it goes. For my challenge this week, it is Christmas season after all, and there's a lot of cookies and chocolates and candy around, but I honestly haven't been tempted. It's literally laying around the house. We have stuff for stocking stuffing and stuff to take to parties and stuff to give to other people, whatever, but I haven't been tempted. I actually haven't had a single bite. haven't felt any sense of denial or doing without. I don't know why. Is it just my mindset's getting in a good place? I just don't happen to feel like it this week. Is it the Manjaro? This is what it's hard to tell, so I really don't know. But with regards to challenge, I think I've beaten the challenge. Certainly a lot of opportunities for sugar and cookies and stuff like that, but just really haven't touched it. All right, let's look at the news. For this week, this first article that I wanted to share with you, and we've been talking about medications a lot, but this is about a brand new medication. It's not on the market yet. It's expected to be out maybe by the end of next year. They're still doing studies, but the article is called New Weight Loss and Diabetes Drug Retotrutide Awaits Further Testing. Now, I don't know if I pronounced that. R-E-T-A-T-R-U-T-I-D-E. Retotrutide? I don't know. But this article goes on to talk about how so far this is even more effective than what I've started taking this Manjaro. It's put out by the same company, Eli Lilly, and it's a once a week injection. And they're completing the phase two trials right now. But so far, it's giving even better results. And what it does, the Manjaro that I'm taking now, that affects two different things. It affects the uh, GLP-1 and the GLP, but this new drug, it actually impacts a third hormone. So it's a single molecule, just like the Manjaro, but it's been formulated to actually impact even more places in your body. And they're saying that so far in their study, people with obesity, but not diabetes, so this is, I think, going to be marketed for obesity mostly, but they could lose up to 24% of their body weight in less than a year. And that's faster than the terzepatide, this Manjaro that I'm taking now, which led to a 20% reduction in about a year and a half. So this is a 24% in 48 weeks, just like 11 months. They're saying it's going to have the similar side effects. For some folks, it causes nausea and whatnot, but they think it's going to be just as safe as any other routinely prescribed medication. And uh, they expect more test results and safety data to be presented at the 2023 American Diabetes Association Scientific Session Conferences. And that's in June of 2023. So we should get a lot more information by June, which is six months from now, including when they think it will be available for use. So this is just getting amazing to me. More and more of these medications are coming out and they're generally considered safe and they seem highly effective. These new drugs, just for comparison, they're seeing just as good at, if not better than, results from uh, bariatric surgery. 
go through the hassles and the risk of surgery versus taking a weekly injection. To me, that's just, it's just absolutely amazing. This second article, and it has to do with one of my favorite topics, the continuous glucose monitor, which I swear by. I give that a lot of credit for my successes here in the past year or so. As you know, I wear a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, and I'm a data guy. I've said that before. I really am into data. And when I can track and measure something, I figure out a way to improve it. This CGM that I'm wearing certainly has been giving me great results. But this article is called Alberta researchers studying the benefits of continuous glucose monitors for type 2 diabetes. Now, it says that most of the people who wear a CGM have type 1 diabetes, but they're saying that with more and more people wearing it with type 2 diabetes, they're beginning to see significant results. I'm not going to go into this whole study here, but they do link to it. And again, this CGM, you can get it through your doctor, you can get it where I got it. I found out about it on Instagram. But I do pay out of pocket. But for me, this money is just just such a great investment to be able to know how foods affect me, where my blood sugar is at night, where it is in the morning. I think I'd have to take a, a manual blood sugar reading by a needle and a little of the manual blood sugar meter every couple of hours to get this kind of information. Because as you know, with a CGM, I get a reading every 15 minutes. I was interested in this article. You might want to read it. And it's talking about how they're Again, confirming the benefits for people with type 2 diabetes. All right. This third article is limit your processed food intake, but don't stress about it, says CrossFit nutritionist. Now, processed food has been linked to chronic illness like obesity and type 2 diabetes. Processed food, the cereals, breads, frozen meals, fast food, sugary sodas, that type of thing. He says that obviously we want to limit that in our diets, in what we eat, but also knowing that stress is a big factor in our health, don't stress about it. Do your best. And you've heard me say before this 90% rule that I like to follow, nine out of 10 times, nine out of 10 eating opportunities, make it something that's helpful to you. And then if one out of 10, you get something that's not the greatest, that is is certainly much better than having this ultra-processed food all the time. So I thought that was interesting that a coming from CrossFit, they always say avoid the processed foods, but now at least they're saying don't stress about it because stress is also a, a negative factor for your health. Finally here, we're back on weight loss drugs. Weight loss drugs are a milestone for the obese, but expose health inequity. So once again, these fabulous new medications, they're talking about Manjaro, they're talking about the other medications now that have been coming out in these last few years, how they give you a tremendous benefit for your body. But here's the deal. They cost a lot of money. Now, I have very good insurance. With my insurance, it's almost free. It's $25 a month. And my only issue that I might have to worry about is supply shortage because it's so popular. But with regards to paying for it and being able to get it, it's because I have very good insurance. It's not a cost issue. But for folks who are very unhealthy, who could really benefit from some of these new medications, but they don't have good insurance or any insurance at all, this medication could cost upwards of $1,000 a month. And for many, many people, I would say for the vast majority of people, that is simply not doable. 
So there is an inequity there. And it makes you question what type of healthcare, what type of medications should be available to anyone who needs it and not those who can afford it alone. I don't know. That's a that's an ethical question, but it certainly brings it out in that there are plenty of people who are obese and have type 2 diabetes who could clearly benefit from a lot of this medication, but simply don't have any access to it. So that is clearly something to think about. All right, those are the news articles. Let's get into the main topic here. Now, I told you the main topic was using Manjaro in solving type 2 diabetes. I'm currently using Manjaro. I've been using it now for a total of eight days. So I'm a newbie, that's for sure. And I certainly don't have much experience with it. But it is something that I'm going to be tracking here on the podcast and keep you informed of. This information I'm going to be talking to you about, I'm not coming up with this because, hey, what am I not? I am not a doctor. I am not a healthcare professional. So what I am doing is I'm reading from the Manjaro medication guide that's published by the manufacturer, Eli Lilly. And I'm going to link to this in the show notes, and you can read the entire medication guide. It could take maybe a half an hour just to read this medication guide. So what I've done was try and cut through it a little bit and pick out a few facts. Now, the first thing I want to say, and I'm not going to read through it because it's probably part of one of the longest parts of this whole medication guide, is that there is a long list, I think with most medications this is true, but there is a long list of potential negative side effects, adverse reactions, and contraindications. Contraindication is when you should not take a drug. There's other medical drug conflicts, reactions that some people have had, and side effects. Most of those are like gastrointestinal, stomach-related, either maybe some nausea. Some people have problems with diarrhea. Other people have problems with constipation. Now, when we say problems, it's a few percent of the people. So is it 2 out of 100, 3 out of 100, 4 out of 100, something like that? The vast majority of the people do not have these side effects, but there's certainly a long list that you can read through of these potential side effects and adverse reactions. And there are cases when you simply, they come out and say, you should not take this medication. So make sure if you're interested in, in learning about it that you read more and look at that link on the show notes. I should say that all these links, the news articles, links like this that I post, are in the show notes and also over the website, solvingtype2diabetes.com. All right, so how does Manjaro, also known as terzepatide, how does that work? Well, it says here, terzepatide selectively binds to and activates both the GIP and GLP-1 receptors. Now, what does it mean to selectively bind? There's receptors in your body and when these hormones are produced naturally in your body, it tells your body to do something. So GIP and GLP-1 receptors tell your body that, one, you are full, and two, that you do not need to release any more sugar from your liver. Now, it says here that it enhances first and second phase insulin secretion. Because when your body senses this, and this artificial molecule, this medication, mimics 
what those naturally occurring hormones do. So it reduces glucagon levels and it also, uh, like I said, increases the insulin secretion. And those things uh, are activated when you have high glucose. In other words, it says they're both activated in a glucose-dependent manner. So if you do not have a high blood sugar, they are less active, but they're more active when you do have high blood sugar, which is great. So the medication is more effective when you have your high blood sugar. It also says that terzepatide lowers your fasting and postprandial glucose concentration. In other words, postprandial is after eating. So with regards to whether you've been fasting, like you've been asleep all night, or you've just eaten a meal, it can reduce the glucose concentration by decreasing your desire for food intake because it, it slows the digestion of food. It keeps the food in your stomach a little bit longer and actually slows down your food from leaving your stomach so you feel full longer and you have less of a desire to overeat. And that's the main way it reduces the body weight. You're eating less. When you take this medication, this Manjaro, the terzepatide, the fact of the matter is it makes you eat less. And if you're doing yourself a favor by only eating helpful foods to begin with, then you're certainly reducing your excess sugar and ultra-processed foods that you're taking in, which then compounded with this medicine doing its job, you know, it seems like a win-win. Now, don't forget, I did mention there's a long list of potential side effects, adverse reactions, etc. But on the face of it, these studies show that it is dramatically effective. Now, I'm going to look at one study here because this medication guide lists several studies that they've done over the past couple of years. And don't forget, this medication was only released for use in May of 2022. So it's December now. So it's only been out for about seven months. But this one study, and it's called SURPASS2, S-U-R-P-A-S-S-2. It was involving 1,900 adults, and it was a double-blind uh, study. And 1,900 adults, all of which who had type 2 diabetes. And I'm going to only take one column here. As you know, Manjaro comes in the starter dose that I'm on, but then the main doses are 5, 10, 15. And there's steps in between. You can actually get 5, 7.5, 10, 12.5, and 15 milligram doses. A lot of people stay right on the, one of the lower doses, the 5, the 7.5, the 10. Sometimes they need to go to the 12.5 or 15. But anyway, I'm going to read from the 10 milligram dose column on this study. Again, 1,900 adults. On average, so this is the average, in the medication group, not the placebo, the medication group, their A1C started on average at 8.2, which is well into the type 2 diabetes range. By the time they were done with this 40-week study, they were down to 6.1 on average, which is in the pre-diabetes range about right in the middle of the pre-diabetes range, 6.1. And their weight, on average, they started with a weight of 209 pounds. At the end, they were 188. Now, that's on average. They show here that large numbers of people lost up to 20% of their body, or in this case, almost 40 pounds of weight 
across this study. And uh, a lot of people, the A1C went down below the prediabetes range. This is just one of the studies. And again, if you follow this link and look at this medication guide put out by Eli Lilly, and this all has been reviewed, of course, by the FDA. But all these studies, whether you're taking the Manjaro with metformin or with an SGLT2 inhibitor like I do, I take my Farziga and uh, I take metformin, Farziga, and Manjaro now. And it has studies that show taking with these other medications. And the effects are even when they're coupled with other medications. But just this one I quoted to you here is just taking Manjaro by itself. And again, an A1C average from 8.2 down to 6.1 and a weight from 209 to 188. So to me, that's very promising. Now I'm going to keep on reading about it and keep on talking about it and uh, sharing my experiences with it. But so far, so good. Now, there might be things you would like to know about Manjaro that I did not cover. Please ask me. I'd be happy to discuss things that you're interested in, but you have to let me know. Otherwise, I'm just trying my best and trying to bring information I hope is helpful to you. But if you have specific questions, please let me know. Speaking of questions, we don't have any. And I get it. You know, it's a holiday season. You are busy. And I understand. But if you want to ask me a question or maybe give feedback on the podcast, give me ideas, give me suggestions, I really do welcome it. The first way, maybe the easiest way, is simply send me an email. My email address is tom at solvingtype2diabetes.com. And then I'd be happy to read it on the podcast and answer it here. I could also send you some helpful links or tell you maybe where I think you could find the information if I don't have the information. The other way is to go to the website, solvingtype2diabetes.com, and click on feedback. And it's the same basic thing, except it just gives you a little pop-up form. You enter your name and email address and just type in whatever you want to type in. And I also get an email that way as well. Either way is fine. And I don't do anything with that. If you're worried about giving somebody your email address, I, I don't do anything with it. I certainly don't sell it or anything else like that. And I don't use it for any kind of marketing. It's just a way for us to communicate. What's next on the next episode? The next episode will be coming out the day after New Year's. That topic will be determination versus motivation. And those two things are very different. And when it comes to managing your type 2 diabetes or losing weight, if that's one of your goals, or eating in a way that's helpful to you, there's a big difference between determination and motivation. And we're going to be talking about that. And I think you might find it very helpful. At least I hope you do. Well, that wraps up another episode of the Solving Type 2 Diabetes Podcast. I hope you found it valuable. Please follow and leave a five-star review as it helps other people find the podcast. By subscribing, you ensure you won't miss the next episode. You can always get a full transcript of the episode at SolvingType2Diabetes.com. There, you will also find the links to leave feedback and links to follow on social media. I'm very interested in hearing from you with comments and suggestions. Thanks very much for listening. Please remember that everything I share is just from my own personal experience and should not be taken as medical or health advice. 
please consult your own medical professionals. This podcast is intended for entertainment purposes only. 